You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 377. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 377. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, Merlurve. Well, hello. How what day is this airing? This is coming out on the 18th. 18th. Oh, yeah. So two days. Two days before inauguration. Yes. And we can <sighs> finally. You think? I don't know. Who, yeah. who knows? <laughs> this is this is um, recorded early. So the last. A lot can happen between now and then. That's true. And I have to say, like, the last few months have been the longest years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And true. Right? Like, yeah. It feels like it's taken forever. It's been forever, and it's gone really fast at the same time. Oh, my goodness. Well, we have a, a brand new topic for you this week, and it is all about toxic positivity, the mm. detriment of negligent optimism. Negligent optimism. That's right. Okay. So lots of cool stuff to unpack here. And you may have seen this floating around online and things like that. And I, I felt like it was a really great thing for us to discuss on the show because I could really understand how a lot of people out there might go, but wait a minute. I thought I'm supposed to speak kindly to myself. Yeah. Which one is it? Like, mm-hmm. how, what does this really mean? So we are going to dig into all of that today. Okay. Give you tons of tools. It'll be awesome. Nice. But, but and I, I'll be really curious to get your perspective on it as well. But of course, before we do, we have to. We'll warm up the let's mics. Let's just loosen it up a loosen little bit. Loosen it up. That's right. This is a good one to loosen it up, too. It's kind of a matches up with what you're talking about today a little bit. In a little episode we like to call... Would You Rather... And today's Would You Rather is... Would you rather turn back the clock and be able to say or do one thing you never got to say or do? One thing. Or take back one thing you said or did? So be able to say something oh. or take something back. So it, it, this is really a lot about regret. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you have any regrets, I I don't, I don't really have anything either way. I don't think. It, what What about you? There's one thing in my past that I did that I'm really not proud of. And you would go back. And I would take, go back and take that back. So it's it's either an action or something you said. Yeah, it, something you said or did. Either you get to say or do something that you didn't get to do, or take, take back. back something you didn't get to you you said or did. Well, I don't really feel like I have anything major that I would want to take back. That's good. That's good. You live a uh, living your best life. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm living my best life over here. Just something to add to this before, just uh, something that I 
found in this Would You Rather book. Okay. Just to kind of set the tone. You mean you don't create these all from your own brain? I do not. We should probably reference that book at some point. <laughs> on, on average, it costs $80,000 to rehabilitate a seal after Alaska, Alaska's Exxon Valdez oil spill. At a triumphant and emotional ceremony, two of those costly animals were released into the water amid cheers and applause from onlookers. A minute later, in full view, they were both eaten by a killer whale. No! I was afraid that was going to happen. And also, <laughs> what does that have to do with what we're talking about? Because it's... If you could go back and take that back, would you? Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, shouldn't have released those seals. Or, oh, we shouldn't have even rehabilitated them. $80,000 per seal. Per seal. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's <laughs> nuts. Okay. Well, that was a fun little... <laughs> was it? <laughs> tangent. I I think I would, would say or do something, but I, I'm not exactly sure what. There, you know, there's nothing really that I'm thinking about that super haunts me. I guess, I guess something I would rather have said or done is when I was a senior in high school, I, I went to a private Christian school and there was a situation where I got in trouble. We had these- Hashtag Hellraiser. I know. I was such a delinquent. <laughs> but we, we did these things. We had these non-school sponsored wills. Basically, you know, like senior class wills where you can will things to other people. Well, yeah. our school wasn't really on board with that. So we had to do a non-school sponsored version of it. Right. So, but it was still handled in like the yearbook room or whatever, you know, but we had to pay for the, our own paper or whatever it was. I can't remember. But I used the word ass in it. And Hellraiser. it was a nightmare, this shit that I had to go through. Unbelievable. And I don't think I would take that back. But what I would have wanted to say, I would have wanted to advocate for myself a lot stronger and louder than I did. Mm. But I was fucking 18. You know, yeah. I was barely, barely understanding what that even looked like. Sure. And so, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back, I don't think, because it was also the beginning of me recognizing a lot of the hip hypocrisy in, in the faith I was raised in. And how much I did not. But you're saying align you would have advocated that. more for yourself, right? Yeah. I'm saying I wouldn't take back what I right. my will because it was fucking witty too. <laughs> it was really witty, but yeah, I think I would go back and and just be loud. I I did. There was a, a woman who was in charge of the National Honor Society, and she held up the will in one hand, and she held up the Honor Society guidelines in the other, and she goes, this is what you're being held accountable to, and then this is who you are. Wow. And was threatening for me to not be able to walk with my Honor Society, like, sash on. And I was like, then don't. <laughs> then don't let me. Then don't let me. That's fine. Like, whatever. Right. But then it was like a full-on Donna Martin graduate situation where a, f a bunch of my friends were like, if Amy doesn't get to wear her, uh -huh. wear her sash for Honor Society, then we won't wear ours. And so, yeah, it was very... Sounds like quite the upheaval in the Christian <laughs> academy. It was the likes of Obama wearing a tan suit. <laughs> it was that sort of a disruption. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's scandalous. It's scandalous. Well, I definitely think that should be it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so there, I'm going to I'm going to go back and say what I need to say and you're going to take back some stuff. I'll take back something okay. I should have should not have done. 
Well, we would love to hear which one you would pick because I think a lot of people, this one might be a flip. A fitty-fitty? It might be, yeah. And we talk about this every single week over in our After Hours community. After Hours. Oh, there was a beat there. I was pausing for a dramatic effect. you got to be on the line, babe. I was on... dramatic effect. No, that's not what no? that was. No. <laughs> <laughs> So in our After Hours community, which is our Facebook group, which you can find us by going to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, it will jump you right over to where we hang out in Facebook. And it's just such a great community. And on Mondays, we discuss the Would You Rather. And it's really fun to watch what people use as their reasoning or their logic or shit we totally haven't even thought of. Right. So it's really fun. Plus, I do bonus trainings every month. People are able to share and support one another. It's such a positive, beautiful grouping. Of individuals. So nice. thejoyjunkie.com slash club. Club. All up in the club. So how about we talk about this idea of toxic positivity? Let's do it. All right. Well, I love your enthusiasm. You like that enthusiasm? Let's do it, baby. <laughs> That's currently the only answer I'm accepting, by the way. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. Number, <laughs> number one. Let's start off with the definition of what this even is. Because this is a newer term. We've been dealing with a lot of newer terms, toxic masculinity or, you know, white privilege. So a lot of stuff that's happening sort of in the social justice circles. Yeah. And this one is is amazing because it targets how we tend to bypass things that we're really feeling and the struggles that we go through just by virtue of being a human mm-hmm. by just glazing over it with all of this positivity. Sure. So according to the psychology group, and this is a, a beautiful grouping of psychologists and therapists out of Fort Lauderdale, I believe, Florida. I'm going to link to this particular article where they identify sort of how they describe toxic positivity. So you can find that link in the show notes. But this is how they describe it. We define toxic positivity as the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of happy, optimistic, of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimalization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Now, in in some social justice circles, there is kind of a sister term that is called spiritual bypassing. And this is typically directed towards dismissing other people's emotional experience around race or other marginalized identities. Hmm. So uh, spiritual bypassing in the social justice arena would sound something like if a person of color was experiencing, if they were quite angry over something. Okay. Spiritual bypassing would sound like, I don't know why you have to be so angry about it. Uh, it's a dismissing of the emotional frequency that somebody's experiencing yeah. and basically saying you shouldn't feel like that. Right. It's okay. not giving credence to the emotion. So toxic positivity is, I think, a larger term that encompasses more of us not wanting to be with uncomfortable emotions. Uh-huh. And this can really be applicable to both you, how how you dr- address yourself, but also how we engage with others. For example, it can sometimes sound like this, and you're going to know a lot of these phrases or idioms. 
focus on the good or focus on what you're grateful for. Do not sweat the small stuff. Always look on the bright side. Think happy thoughts. Things could be worse. Mm. Just move on. (laughs) Everything happens for a reason. And another piece of this is feeling guilty for feeling less happy than you should. There's a piece of that kind of comparative suffering of who am I to experience this discomfort when other people have it so much worse. Got it. So let me dismiss what I'm feeling. Nothing to see here. It's not nearly as valuable as somebody else's pain. Right. So let me just gloss over it with, don't cry over spilled milk. Focus (laughs) on the good thing. Good vibes only. All of those great phrases that we see thrown around. Now, I'm not saying that those don't have a place. They can absolutely be inciting really positive and fulfilling emotions. That's great. I'm not saying don't be grateful. What I'm saying is, Those sorts of statements to gloss over uncomfortable emotions that you are feeling are causing you harm or causing other people harm. And I also don't think that we do this on purpose. You know, I don't think we're trying to dismiss people's feelings. I think we just genuinely are taught to run from them in our society. What do you think of the term smile until you feel better? Like, how's that fit in here? I think it's the same exact thing. You think so? I do because I I definitely think that that can be a helpful activity, but it's not a substitute for feeling what you fucking feel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you sort of a, a formula of how to address things like that. Figured you would. Of course. Right. <laughs> but again, like I said, this can apply to what we're saying to ourselves and also what we're saying to other people. Mm. But I want to be very clear that I don't think that For example, if you have a friend who is going through a really rough time and you say, well, focus on all the good things about it. I don't think you're purposely trying to be toxic. (laughs) I I don't think you're purposely trying to say, don't feel what you feel or your emotions are invalid. I just think that's what we've been told. Like, this is what it looks like to be supportive. Right. So now you know something different after you listen to this, this episode. And we can start to be better for one another because I really think it takes an act of bravery to be with your emotions and to take up emotional landscape, to take up space and to be able to say things like, you know, I'm not having the best day, but I'm not sure I really want to get into it right now. Thank you so much for asking. Instead of, oh, I'm good when you are fucking not good. (laughs) All right. And you're also being a liar. You're being a total liar. And we want to attract authentic people, right? We want to be honest and of integrity. So we have to start being honest about where we are emotionally. And that doesn't mean we can't have boundaries or we can't be very deliberate about what we share or what we don't share. But the important thing is that we stop pretending that emotions aren't there that really do need processing. Um, If I may, I want to see what you think about this. I'm trying to relate it to something that I know. And when I'm working with someone doing body work on them, they'll say, oh, my shoulder hurts. Yeah. And I'll find out that it's coming from somewhere else. So if I just pressed on the shoulder and was like, stop hurting shoulder, stop hurting shoulder, Mm. it wouldn't stop it. Right? You have to go a little bit broader and find out where the problem really is and then narrow down to the shoulder and it'll let go and release and be better, right? Absolutely. So I think our words do the same thing. If we just slap one of these happy monikers on top, 
Yeah. We're just pressing on the shoulder. Right. right. So we have to kind of listen to that person, let them feel what they feel. And then we can kind of have a better idea of how to say whatever needs to be said to lift them out of it. That's right. Do you think that's fair? I do. I absolutely think that's fair. And I, I think that there are a lot of things that are highly triggering from emotion. Mm-hmm. Meaning if we just got rejected from a job interview or somebody we were dating, something like that. Experiencing the emotion of rejection, we then make it much bigger than what that actually is. We then make it into, I'm not lovable, I'm not valuable, I'm not enough, I'll never accomplish anything that I want. And this is one of the things I talk about with my students and clients all the time, is what you are experiencing is the human experience, right? It's the human emotional response to things that are painful. For sure. It doesn't have to mean you're never going to love again, or you're never going to get that promotion, or you are stupid, or it just means it hurts. It just means it hurts. That's it. Right. But we are so adverse of really looking at that. And that's why I think it's difficult for people to really address that because it goes in... they make it mean something so much more catastrophic and based in shame, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So number two, this is actually a great segue. Personal growth and development is not about feeling good all the time. Yeah. There's this huge misconception that you will get rid of once you have a quote arrived, which you never will. That's not a thing. <laughs> but in this pursuit of happiness, right, that once you – arrive, you will eradicate fear, all negative self-talk, and all uncomfortable emotions. That is absolutely a fallacy. So here's the deal. You need to get comfortable with the notion that you will experience uncomfortable emotions forever by virtue of you just being human. But the difference, what development is really about, is how you contend with those emotions. Yeah, for sure. For it's sure. the emotional regulation. It's emotional self-care. It's figuring out how to maneuver within those those bits of messaging. Sure. Yeah, I think it's like yin and yang, right? You have to experience those other feelings in order to know what feeling good is. And if you felt good all the time, then it would have its own yin and yang. Right. There's never like just everything's good. Right. There's always going to be that dichotomy of of emotion in our human experience. That's right. And that's interesting because it's another fantastic segue. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's what I do. That's what you do. (laughs) And this is number three. Giving yourself the freedom to feel isn't just for the fuck of it. Okay, this is not just a like a fun personal development thing to throw out there. Okay. Okay. Brene Brown, Our Lady Brene, has an amazing quote where she says, you cannot selectively numb emotion. You numb the dark, you numb the light. So when we are trying to suppress and not experience what discomfort Mm -hmm. in emotions feels like, we're also numbing and putting away all of the emotions that are comfortable and exciting, sure. like joy and happiness and fulfillment and bliss and ecstasy, we're numbing that too. Sure. So even though we think we're trying to be all positive, 
if we are ignoring the depth of that darkness, we're also stifling that happiness. The, The image that comes to my head is like a radio frequency. Yeah. And there's a real wide frequency that dips way down and dips way up, dips way down, dips way up, right? And then you tune it a little bit and it gets a little bit closer to the straight line. Right. But it's not ever going to be a straight line. There's always going to be ups and downs in that that wave, right? In that frequency. And that's all humans are is frequency. It's all energy. It's all energy. So we are the wave. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. And to your point earlier – The way in which we relish and enjoy the comfortable emotions, I never want to say good and bad because I don't think it's about one being not good and one being good. You know, I don't think that it's it's comfortable or uncomfortable to me. Yeah, that's a great way to say it, actually. And some people are even uncomfortable with joy and happiness. Yeah, for sure. So that's a whole nother can of worms, but I'm not going to get into that. In fact, I think there was even a South Park episode where Butters – I'd have to look it up to see if it if I'm making this up or if it Butters. was is really a thing or not. Where he was just destroyed, devastated about something, just crying his eyes out. And someone says to him something like, you know, don't you want all this sadness to go away? And he says something incredibly poetic about it is human to feel this, you know. And if I get rid of this, I'm also going to be getting rid of – the joy that I'm capable. Mm. This reminds me of what it the difference between this feeling and something on the opposite end of the spectrum. Something that lights you up. I mean, fucking South Park, right? The insights of butters. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> yeah, South Park for the win. <laughs> but this whole concept is something that I talk about a lot with my students in Deep Down and Dirty because it is so common that we interpret emotion to mean something about our self-worth. And I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before on the show, that emotions are dramatic. So when they are, when you're feeling good, you're feeling fucking good. And when you're feeling shame, it's the depths of despair, right? Sure, sure. So they're, they're pretty extreme in how they show up. But that does not have to equate the trajectory of the rest of your life. It doesn't have to mean just because you got passed over for a promotion, that means forever and always you aren't smart enough. Right. You're not intelligent. You're not knowledgeable. You're not enough. It means that right now that situation hurt. I wanted something. I didn't get it. That comes with pain. Sounds like a president. <laughs> <laughs> but I owe. But I owe. Previous president. Well, still president. This 45. 45. Let's currently. Just, yeah. Let's bring in that 46. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> but this is something that we talk about all the time because I think there's this notion that if, you know, if I'm involved in personal development, then somehow I'm magically never going to have pain anymore. And that's just not the case. It's about what you do with it. Yeah. And I think I've talked about sure. this before with there was an audition that I went on many years ago for a community theater project that I was interested in. And I made it through to like the last cuts and I was exhausted. And then I finally was told that I wasn't going to be in the show. At all? No. Oh, snap. And and then this was at the very beginning. I think this was like in 2013. And then when I woke up the next day, I just like bawled my whole – the whole day. 
And I was just allowing myself to feel what I felt. And I remember you had to leave and I was saying goodbye to you. And I was like, bye, honey. <laughs> and you were like, I feel really bad leaving you, you know? And yeah. I'm like, don't, don't. I'm just allowing myself to grieve that there was something that I wanted that I did not get. This doesn't mean that I am a shitty actor. This doesn't mean I can't accomplish the things that I want. This doesn't mean that I'm not a valuable human. This means that this incident carried some pain. And I'm, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm allowing. And that's what I see nonstop with my students. And it, heave and grieve. <laughs> heave <laughs> and grieve. You're so funny with your your little terms. <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad. No, it wasn't I don't that think. bad. That's, okay. that's awfully hyperbolic. But... <laughs> but when you can start recognizing that, okay, here's something that's going on. And giving yourself the expanse and the freedom to actually be with it, you can move through to the other side so much faster. Sure. And it's interesting what I was talking about, this whole idea of we're not doing this just for the fuck of it. As just like, oh, this is this lofty personal development thing. First of all, like I said with the Brene situation, it is about I can then experience the richest of human emotions, you know, the most comfortable and exciting of human emotions. Yeah. That's a piece of it. Another piece of it is being honest about what you feel is fucking brave. Yeah. It's courageous. And the more you exercise that courage around your emotions, the more you are able to tap into that courage in every other area of your life. I find it very freeing, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then finally, finally, in that same article that I'm going to link to in the show notes from the psychology group, they cite a article, or I, I guess it's not an article. It was a scientific experiment that was done in 1997. I think it was about 180 women. And they showed them various medical procedures, I guess, that were really graphic and really kind of gnarly, I, I guess. I can't remember exactly how they described it. To evoke a lot of emotion. To, mm. to And one group, half of the group, was told, suppress everything you feel. Any sadness, any worry, any racing heart about what you're seeing, suppress it all. The other group, they said, we want you to freely express however that shows up. If it's anger, if it's sadness, if it's nervousness, like let yourself actually show it be demonstrative okay and they had hooked them all up to various um apparatuses that or apparati i don't know how you say it <laughs> that that could gauge the level of internal stress that was happening on the body and what they found was overwhelmingly the people who suppressed their emotions even though there was like nothing to see outside here yeah inside the stress response was out of control oh sure and that's why we see things like, you know, you're super stressed out and then you can't sleep. You know, you start developing these physical manifestations. So another reason is for your fucking health. We need to experience our emotions so that we don't create unnecessary ailments or injuries or problems in our body or addictions or things like that when we're turning to all these other things to mask what we're really feeling. So this is not some just arbitrary thing to do in personal yeah. development. There's real like life and death things that follow suit for if, sure. if you don't caretake for it. So again, like I mentioned, this is something that I talk about constantly with my students because everything in our society tells us to do otherwise. 
Everything in our society says don't take up space. If somebody asks you how you are, you say good. You don't tell them about what's really real for you. Many people grow up in families where they were admonished for feeling anything other than positive, anything other than happy. It was like, if you're going to be like that, you go to your room. Right. They weren't taught, okay, I know that's really frustrating when you don't get your way. Here are all the ways you can express anger and frustration that are healthy. Nobody's taught that. And then we're, we grow up and then we're adults and we learn people are uncomfortable. How many women have had partners, this is typically in heterosexual relationships, but I'm sure not confined to that. How many women have experienced crying and a man is so fucking uncomfortable by that and says, don't cry. Oh my God, just don't cry. Yeah. Please don't cry. Yeah. Because they're uncomfortable with it. Back to the beginning of the And And of course they are. Of course they are. Men, specifically men, are told you can't fucking show anything. Right. So we wonder why that's the most acts of violence are performed by men. It's interesting you say that. The, you know, when I was young, 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 I learned the word fuck. You were an itty bitty smitty? I was an itty bitty smitty. <laughs> and I said the word fuck when I hit my toe on something. Yeah. And my mom didn't say, oh, don't you say that word. Yeah. She said... Do you know why you said that word? Mm. And I said, because it hurt. And she said, energy cannot be created or destroyed. <laughs> yes. It can only be transferred. Yes. And you transferred it into that word. Yes. That pain that you felt came out as an F word. Ugh. But when you're around other people, you ha- they won't see it the way you see it. You and I see it. They're going to see you just making a bad word choice. Yeah. (laughs) So here's some other choices you can make when something like that happens. And it made complete and utter sense to me. Yes. Right? I was able to handle that emotion and display it in a way that was comfortable for the people around me, but still be honorable to myself. Right? Mama Don for the win. Mama Don for the win on that one. Yes. And that's that's brilliant. And I think – I think my parents were really good about that too, you know, with my dad in particular would, would tell me like, show me excited, show me angry. And I could show him with my face. So I learned very early that it was okay to express what you're feeling Mm -hmm. and that there, that it looked a specific way and that's all right. And you don't have to hide it and you don't have to pretend that you're not feeling that. So there's some parenting advice from two (laughs) (laughs) non-parents. So take it for what it's worth. But I do want to say, if this is something that you have consistently struggled with, where you feel like everybody else's wants, opinions, and needs come before your own, I mean, this is a huge element of people-pleasing. This is a huge element of perfectionism. Nothing to see here except me being flawless. Oh, no, I always have a great day. You know, I can't ever be the one who is not strong. Right. Nothing to see here. Perfect life, perfection, perfection, perfection. Or let me make sure everybody else is taken care of. Nothing to see with my emotions. Just what's going on in your life? You, 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 you. Or bending over backwards to caretake for everybody else's emotions, making sure they're never upset with you. But not addressing what you need. Not Mm -hmm. addressing what's happening within you. Right. So those two tendencies, those manifestations – 
people-pleasing perfectionism, those are the areas that I work in. And a lot of it is rooted in a deep-seated belief that I am not enough. I don't matter. I'm not deserving of things. I am not worthy of the things that I want in this world. That's the nucleus. That's kind of what you were talking about when you see the shoulder pain, you know? And it's like, that's not actually the issue. The issue is this deep-seated belief that's way down here over here Mm -hmm. that we need to dismantle before we get to how it starts to manifest. Yeah. So if you're in a place where you're like, fuck, I cannot go through another goddamn year (laughs) being my own worst critic, hating the person in the mirror, sabotaging every effort that I have to get ahead in this world, and you know that it's about changing your relationship with self, please hit me up. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. I've created a completely free masterclass. It talks about all of the ways that I work with clients, my deep down and dirty program, and have a pen and paper handy. You you will learn a ton just from that masterclass. But at the very end, if you are serious, you want to do a deep dive and you're not fucking around, you will see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team where you can discuss exactly what you have been up against, the changes you want to create, and look at if Deep Down and Dirty is the perfect solution for you. And I, I cannot tell you how many people say, I just had a student tell me today how she was cert- she was actually going to reach out and get support for something that she really needed and she said i in the past i would have thought i don't want to burden anybody with that hmm. i don't want to seem as though i don't have it all together right but now that i believe that i am fucking enough and worthy i can't wait to go it, it, i can't believe the shift in my behavior right so it's it is amazing what can transpire when you actually change that root cause, that root issue? Mm-hmm. So you can find all of that over at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And get your ass to class. Yeah, get your ass to class. All right. So number one, we targeted what toxic positivity actually looks like. Number two was this concept of personal growth and development is not about feeling good all the time. And, you know, another little note on that one, too, is – Of course, we want to feel better. But one of the ways that I discuss it is flipping the ratio, where instead of 80% of the time you feel like shit because you're talking shit to yourself and you're Mm -hmm. operating from disempowering beliefs, and maybe 20% of the time you get these little bursts of motivation or, okay, maybe I really can do it. We're flipping the ratio, where a majority of the time we feel good, we actually are experiencing positive emotions because the root of our belief is that we are valuable and that we're enough so that just by virtue of what it is, creates that cascading effect of feeling good, of having positive emotions. But then, of course, 20% of the time, we're going to have rejections or tough times or deal with loss in our life. But the goal is to handle that emotional frequency from a place of personal power. Right. From a, I call it a line of center. Ooh, that's cool. Um, When we're talking about bodies... Mm. I'm saying, where's your line of center? Where do you feel like you're you're coming from? Right? Like when you walk, where do you feel like your energy is coming from? Is yes. it coming from your hip joints? Is it coming from your spine? Is it coming from your shoulders? Right? And you can kind of pinpoint where that energy is coming from and then start spreading it out so that it's more dispersed throughout the body. Yeah. And that leads to those 80-20 days. Right. Pain-wise, right? Right. 80% so out of pain, 20% right. have a little. Because you're more fluid and... and um, uh, more diverse in how you can move, 
Right. Yeah. That's interesting because there's also a common phrase in personal development or coaching even where we say, what's your come from? That Yeah. That's, what, and that's, that's, yeah. that's what did that's you call it? Your center line? Your line of center. Line of center. Mm-hmm. What's your come from? <laughs> you know? Yeah. What? Which, pick your jargon. Right. Pick your jargon. All right. <laughs> I was going to keep going. Thank you for stopping me. Okay. <laughs> Number four. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot my recap. Number three, giving yourself the f- the freedom to feel is not just for the fuck of it. There's some very real r- reasons why this is necessary for your health sure, and, and your happiness. And then so number four, we've talked about, okay, I get it, Amy. I'm on board. How the fuck do I do it now? Like, what does that l- actually look like? So this is about using your emotions to guide you. This is a piece of emotional intelligence. What you have to do is there's a very basic formula. You check in with how you feel emotionally. If the emotion is super potent, meaning extreme anger, extreme overwhelm, frustration, embarrassment, shame, sadness, you pick them. If it's palpable, you feel like you could knock somebody out, you're so angry, or you could ball your eyes out, you're so frustrated or sad, then it's being called to process not slap some self-talk on top. <laughs> Not to just go, okay, I nothing. thought you were going to say slap somebody upside the head. Oh, well, also that. <laughs> that too. But if it's super potent, it calls for processing. So your self-talk should encourage the processing instead of doing this bypassing or doing this, let's skip to the happiness place. Mm-hmm. All right? Okay. So I did an episode a while ago. We'll link to it in the show notes. I believe it was episode 339. And I was talking about the real reasons you're mad and sad and then how how to actually do some of these processing things. Like, okay, great, Amy. I'm ready to process. What does that actually look like? And it looks different depending on what the emotion is. Overwhelm a lot of times looks like creating lists or delegating or eliminating things. Anger almost always is advantageous to do something physical, rip something up, burn something safely, of course. Yeah. Punch something, your bed, uh, a punching bag, not a human. <laughs> right. So in that episode, I talk a lot about methods of processing. And that's the second. I did a two-part series, but the, it's the part two, uh, episode 339, that I think will be really helpful for you if okay. you want some ideas around that. Now, the second piece of the formula If the emotion is not super potent or acute, you can absolutely use positive statements. Got it. As long as you aren't living in a denial place, right? Like that perfectionism place where you're like, nothing to see here. I always have good days. I'm always happy. So that, again, takes that emotional intelligence. Is that really true? And as long as the emotion isn't super intense or frustrated or angry or I could bawl my eyes out, then be positive all damn day. Those Mm -hmm. are great times to tap into your gratitudes or to say, gosh, there's a lot of great things that are happening in this scenario. Then platitude your ass off. Like, that's fine. The problem happens is when we bypass the emotion. So that's your little formula to work with. If the emotion is super potent, process the fuck out of it. And then I'm going to talk about what to do with your self-talk as well during those times. But if the emotion is not super potent, then... Then you can have an attitude of platitude. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best. Oh my gosh, you're so good at that. 
Which then leads me to number five, which is using empowering statements, not necessarily overtly positive. Mm, what do you mean? And this is going to be in direct, like directing to other people and also directing to yourself. Okay. So for example, so you're using your formula, you realize, holy shit. I am so frustrated. I'm so angry about something that just happened at work. Okay, Amy says I need to process. That's great. So what does my self-talk look like then? If I'm not saying something like you're you're going to accomplish everything that you want or you're deserving of happiness, like that are very specifically positive. Yeah. If I'm not saying that as sort of a bypassing or toxic positivity, what am I saying? Am I saying, fuck that guy, I hate him, or ugh, you know, what am I actually saying? Okay. So your your self-talk is going to look empowering, not necessarily positive. So uh, saying my okay. favorite, my all-time favorite is, you are allowed to feel what you feel. Yes. Full permission for you to feel whatever you feel. Now, you're always held accountable for your behavior. We know that. Yeah. That's why you punch the punching bag, not the actual human. (laughs) But telling yourself you are allowed to feel what you feel. Question, asking yourself, what is the healthiest way for me to address what I'm feeling? Just posing a question as self-talk. Telling yourself you deserve the space to process. Okay. Take up emotional real estate. Like none of that is flowery or attitude of platitude, right? (laughs) But it's empowering. It's like, fuck yes, I can take up the time to beat the shit out of my bed or rip up some paper or scribble furiously with some crayons or put on a really sad tearjerker on YouTube or Or something. Or some double metal bass. Right. Scream. Yeah. You know, or bawl my eyes out. What You deserve to take up emotional space. You know, a statement like that is super empowering. But I find that... The statement of you are allowed to feel what you feel is something that once my students attach to it, they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't have to keep judging what I'm feeling or being mad or or being mad at myself for what I'm feeling or guilt tripping myself of like, I can't believe you're upset about this when other people have it so hard. Yeah. Toxic positivity, right? Okay. Now to others, it might sound similar to what I was talking about earlier. If you're in a really shitty place, it's about owning the shitty place you're in. If you're super overwhelmed or even just the other day, I was super cranky and you said something like, are are you irritated? Are you irritable? And instead of me flipping out, I owned it. And I said, yes, I'm feeling really irritable. I don't think we should probably talk about this right now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's which is so helpful. That is a far cry from trying to be like, no, I'm fine. No, good, I'm fine. Yeah. Is fucking toxic positivity. Yes. If you are not fine, don't say that. You're being a liar. Okay. So what it might sound like then, if you're having a rough day and somebody's asking you about something, or hey, how are you doing? You know, to be totally candid with you, I've been going through a little bit of a rough time. But I don't really know if I'm in this space to fully process it yet. But I really appreciate you asking. Awesome. Easy. Yeah. Honest. You're not opening up a big old like dump on somebody without permission. Well, then you're not asking for them to um, give you platitudes. That's right? right. Now, there's another way in which it shows up 
in how we speak to other people. And this is what I was talking about at the very top of the show. So let's say somebody expresses that they aren't doing the best, that they're super frustrated, kind of like what we were talking about with children. You know, they're really angry or they're sad. And maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's a family member. And so we go to those toxic positivity statements like, well, focus on the good stuff or think positive or and you are completely ignoring what they're experiencing. So this is also an act of bravery to witness somebody feeling something uncomfortable. And so what you might say in those situations is all about empathy, all about empathy, okay? So it might sound like, that sounds incredibly hard. How can I best support you? Mm -hmm. Or I don't know if you're ready to talk about it, but I am completely a listening ear. Do you want to tell me more? Or if you're not. You can say that, right? Exactly. Uh, I'm so sorry to hear that you've been struggling. What do you need the most from me right now? And I think what you see there with all three of those is I'm not going to just prescribe positivity and tell you what you need to do about your shit situation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, how can I be with you in these uncomfortable places? Yeah. What do you need most from me? That's awesome. Right? All right. So there you have it. (laughs) Toxic positivity, five ways to handle it. The first is understanding exactly what it is, what it kind of sounds like. The second piece is understanding that personal growth and development is not about constantly feeling good all of the time. Number three, give yourself the freedom to feel is not just a good idea or just for the fuck of it or like push your boundaries. It's Because it's related to your health, it's related to courage and other areas of your life, and it's so that you can experience happy and beautiful and euphoric emotions. Number four is the formula. Use your emotions to guide you. If it's super potent, process it. If it's not super potent or acute, go ahead and use... Attitude of platitude. That's right. (laughs) And number five, really work with empowering statements for both yourself and to other people mm. instead of these overly positive band-aids. Band-aids. Yeah. So I'm hoping that gives you a little bit of a framework. Again, this is something that I work with people on consistently for almost four months and deep down and dirty amongst a myriad of other things that are completely life-changing. So if you want in, again, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop to learn a little bit more about that. Thank you so much for everything you threw in. I think you had some oh. really great insights, babe. Oh, good. I'm glad I was helpful. Anything else you wanted to I'm say? I'm just, you know, I'm just the voice of the people. That's right. <laughs> you sure are. So on that note, we will see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Ms. and Mr. Smith, out. <laughs>